Hello, you're listening to the Session 6 Sport Performance Podcast, powered by Weight Endurance. I'm your host, Cody Waite, sitting here uh, along with my wife, Kathy Waite. Hello, everyone. Hello, welcome back. Uh, this is episode 8 uh, in our podcast series, and th- um, today's episode, we're going to talk about um, season review. It's that time of the year, we're kind of at the... It's September, uh, mid-September now, and kind of most people have kind of wrapped up their summer racing season, or at least getting close to it if they're not there already, and then with the exception of, I guess, cyclocross-focused racers, kind of hitting that transition time of year of, uh, you know, transitioning from one season to the next, and it's the perfect time to kind of reflect on our past season, um, or your past season of racing. And then we also want to touch on, um, like always, week four of our base builder program. Um, so this podcast, as kind of a reminder, the general idea around it is um, focused on our base builder training program. That we this is our fifteenth year um, leading this program, um, second to third year, depending on how you look at it, of our offering it kind of remotely with audio recordings. Um, and this year is the first year with kind of this weekly podcasting kind of format to discuss our base builder training program. Um, and so each each week we have an episode and we'll talk about some hopefully helpful, useful information on training and then um, kind of cover the exact specifics of our training program um, to, for people that are following that. that. But even if you're not following our program, um, hopefully it's interesting and maybe even a little entertaining I don't know so and helpful and helpful. it's always good to um, reflect on your season so we've had a good conversation sitting here preparing for the podcast and we also should mention if our podcast sounds different than normal we are in a different location today normally we're at our house in a smaller room where the acoustics are quite nice and we're sitting in a hotel room in Vegas um, not here to party. We are here for some sponsor obligations, some some fun meetings we get to go to. So we may sound a little different on this podcast. Yeah. So hopefully the audio works out okay. Um, so bear with us if not. But um, let's see. What have we been up to real quickly? I mean, nothing major other than yeah, nothing earth shattering. But yeah, we I mean, completing we week three of our base builder program. Yeah, we had two more cyclocross races. We got to do Harlow Platts on Saturday, and that right. was really fun. It's Which here in, in the front range of Colorado is like the sort of the season opener. I guess it is the season opener of, of cyclocross. It's it's here already, um, and that's somewhat new to us, and we're having a good time kind of learning the ropes and meeting new people and pushing ourselves a little bit in the time of the year where normally we don't because we've, well, actually we'd be still racing back in our triathlon days, and um, and even our mountain bike days after Leadville or whatever, maybe we'd be kind of still a bit crispy from that and not wanting <laughs> to push ourselves, but not this year, a little bit different stuff. Yeah. So, And that kind of ties in actually with our season review of kind of how we got to this point of finally being able to do some cyclocross and having interest to do cyclocross. Um, and yeah, first let's go through some, some questions yeah, that we received this Yeah, week. we've got a few questions. So um, anyone listening to the podcast and certainly anyone following along in our Base Builder training program, um, you can ask us questions either directly via email or we have the forum forum on our website, um, endurance.session6.com. And I believe it's forward slash forum or there's just in the drop down menu. Um, you can find the forum and ask some questions. Um, but we've got a few here um, that I received via email over the last week, and so we'll just run through those. Um, well, actually, one you got in class. I did, yep. Yeah, in from, class from, from a, a new member up to the program, and he's new to weightlifting. As yeah, well. and real quick, I should clarify, our base builder program kind of has two forms. We have our in-house, in-person one that you and I both coach. You, you coach predominantly the strength training portion, and I coach the um, cycling portion. But then we also offer our remote base builder program. That's really what this, this podcast is geared around is um, people can join the program and train along with us at home following kind of week by week doing the exact same training we're doing. Um, but then using the various media that we have, our YouTube channel for all the strength movements and the cycling exercises, um, our weightlifting spreadsheet, um, all the structured interval training and whatnot that we prescribe using training peaks. 
and um, and so on. So this question came from a in-house athlete, um, new one, Zach, right? Yeah. So Zach is new to weight training and new to our program, and um, I, I asked him on Thursday, yesterday, if he had a, had a chance to print out his strength spreadsheet and if he felt comfortable with the weights he was going to do. And he said, no, actually, he um, had used the guesstimated method that you suggest on page one, which is um, putting in your body weight as your one rep rep max guesstimation for your deadlift and 75% of your body weight for your guesstimated one rep max back squat. Right, and to interject real quickly, those not following along in our program. So we have a, a strength training spreadsheet that we've created um, that has all the movements and lifts and actual percentages of um, your one rep max for the back squat and the deadlift. Those are the two key sort of actual like weightlifting movements we focus on, finding those are the most useful for cycling. Um, and so for those that have done those lifts before and those movements before, have an idea, if not exactly, what their one rep max is. Uh, at least from the previous year. And in our, I think it was ep- one of our earlier episode three or four yeah, where we had the intro to strength training, we kind of went through all this. But just to recap, it's like like Kathy just said, um, we have if you, if you don't know what numbers to use, it, it's a little trickier. And we have kind of a that suggested, suggested starting point, which was what you said, um, 75% of your body weight as a one rep max for the back squat, which is for most people a fairly conservative amount. And then 100% of your body weight as a one rep max for the deadlift. Um, and then from there, we take percentages. Like uh, last week, I think it was like 30%, 40% of those mm-hmm. weights. I think we actually built up to reps. 60% last week. So started getting a little right. bit heavier. And yeah. so, and he and he actually missed the first couple of weeks. So he's jumping in pretty new and raw, and he's coming along in his technique. But he said that he thought maybe those numbers, the, the suggested method of guesstimating guesstimating his maxes was a little bit too aggressive for what he felt comfortable with. Yeah, and he's very new yeah, to strength training. So, so he's really valid learning Valid concern, valid question, and my response to him was, hey, then just back it off. Like, go open the spreadsheet again, take off a chunk of weight for each of those maxes, and print out a new spreadsheet. It's better to be more conservative. It's better to come to class and not feel any sort of stress about the weight you're lifting, but enjoy learning the techniques of each lift. Right. And the time to do that is now and really for the next several weeks because it's the percentages are very low to allowing our body to kind of adapt or readapt to to the movements and um, and it, it, they will get progressively heavier. And yeah, it, it, it's been done before. I've even with the experience I have doing this, I think it was actually last fall, I, I think I knowing what my one rep max was from the previous year i didn't really like kind of take a little bit off the top coming back having not done a whole lot of weightlifting in the later part of last summer and it was a little bit too heavy and right. i found it was okay in the beginning when the loads were light but then it it became too challenging so right. i always say and this is weightlifting or cycling or really any kind of training i would say is it's like you're way better off being 10% under training or mm-hmm. under trained than 1% like overtraining or one percent doing too much because the the risk to re, risk to re, reward ratio is just too significant. I mean, if you do just a little bit less than maybe what you could do, you're still going to get stronger. You're still going to get fitter. But you reduce the risk of hurting yourself. Exactly, and it just right. takes that one percent too much that maybe tweaks something and you know sets right. you back for a couple weeks or whatever. So um, yeah. So if you're doing your own strength program or you're on hours. Keep that in mind. It's really okay to do a lighter weight and wonder as you are finishing the session if you did enough. It's better to be safe than sorry. Okay, good advice. Good advice. So, yeah, Zach's coming along, and, and we'll, we'll get him to where he needs to go. Good. Well, another question I got via um, email um, earlier this week was, um, and I think this is probably on a lot of people's minds, um, the question was, you know, I only have, you know, 60 to 90 minutes worth of riding time on the given day. Um, is it really worth riding at this low heart rate that we're prescribing at this time of the year um, when you have a relative small amount of time to train um, on the on the day? Um, 
probably typically a weekday for people who have a traditional job. Yeah, if you only situation. have an hour, let's say, to ride or 90 minutes. Yeah, um, I get that question, too. I, I just had that question from a girlfriend on a ride. So what, what do you say to them? Um, yeah, I definitely think it's still you still want to stick to that lower heart rate, kind of that, that aerobic heart rate zone, um, especially this time of year. Um, I think it's common um, thought process or tendencies for, for athletes um, to think, you know, well, it makes sense if, if I have like a four-hour ride or a five-hour ride to do these low heart rate rides, but if I only have an hour or 90 minutes, you know, I want to get the most bang for my buck, so I need to kind of increase the tempo, you yeah. know, go a little harder to get kind of more out of it. Um and like logically, that kind of makes sense, but really, you have to kind of think of the bigger picture. And it is still worth riding more slowly, aerobically, keeping it under control, um, even if the time is relatively short, because it's really the amount of minutes. Think of it this way: it's the amount of minutes that you're accumulating over the course of not just the day, but the week, the and the month, and the right. several months, and really ultimately the years. And they all add up, and sure, it, it will take longer, I guess, you know, if you're only riding it one to two hours at a time versus being able to ride for four or, or more hours at a time. But, um, you know, it, it sort of is what it is. And if you push it just that little bit too much kind of day-to-day -day or, like, you know, every that one hour that you have every day and you're riding more in that, like, medium-hard pace that you're not getting like those aerobic benefits that we talked about um, in a previous episode. and um, You're going to potentially wear yourself out before yeah. the, the serious training happens this winter. Exactly. So it's really thinking more of this along the lines of like the polarized training model that's really gained a lot of kind of popularity in, in recent year, year or two of, you know, you when in training in general, you want to be training either really slow and easy or really hard and fast and right now this time of the year it's time to really focus on riding slower and easier and then maybe once a week you do that hard and fast cyclocross race or group ride or hilly mountain bike ride or something like that this time of year um, but most of that time even though you may feel like you get done after an hour and it doesn't feel like you did a whole lot you you did um, you just have to kind of believe it <laughs> exactly jinx jinx um good so so yeah i mean long answer short it is still worth it it's definitely worth it um and that said you know if you can squeeze those extra minutes in here and there that's even better but i mean even a 60 minute ride at 125 beats a minute still gets some aerobic benefits in there and you're going to be really eager and hungry for when the higher intensity training comes later um in the, in the training program as well. Right, and eager and hungry to do the longer ride on the weekend when you may have that three-hour, four-hour yeah, time Yeah, good frame. point, exactly. Because you've been itching to go farther. Right, exactly. All right, um, let's move on to the next question. Um, this is another one I got via email. Um, somebody interested, in fact, he said, I'm interested in you know joining your remote base builder program, uh, but I still have one more race that's in two weeks, um, so that'd be like end of September. You know, can I still join? What do you recommend? You know, um, and he went on to ask, you know, more specifics of, you know, am I going to be missing too much essentially of your remote plan? Should I do more of a stock plan? And the answer is definitely no. Um, you can definitely still join the remote base builder program. The first eight weeks of the program, which we're going to be going into week four next week, um, is all about kind of the onboarding process of getting back into the gym um, getting back, you know, getting that gym routine established, learning new movements if they're new for you, and then that low intensity um, heart rate training on the bike, uh, depending on how much riding you're doing. But to clarify, it's no, you're not missing too much. Yes, you can still join. Yes, <laughs> okay. exactly. Yeah, we want to join. I mean, we, we got a bunch of new people that joined um, actually this this earlier this week and getting them going. Um, the one thing I would recommend, though, is if, if, if your last race of the season still is a week or two or three away, you still want to take that week off um, that we talked about in a previous episode um, and allow that little transition time of kind of getting a little break. 
Um, now, that being said, you can, even though you're taking time off of the bike, you can definitely get into the gym pretty quickly. Like your last race, let's say, is a Saturday. You know, it's certainly feasible that Monday you could go to the gym. Um, in fact, you could even kind of do like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday um, kind of thing, do three gym sessions that week to sort of like get speed back up. on track. Yeah, to speed up that on-ramp kind of process of getting on track. Um, so the way to do, if you are going to be joining this a little bit sort of late, so to speak, is following our strength training protocol is instead of doing, um, there's two strength sessions a week as written in the protocol. There's kind of session A, session B. Um, what I would recommend is just sticking with session sessions A um, and not doing the Bs until you're caught up. To the program. Oh, skip all the bees. Go a a a a. Yeah, and okay. that way you can within a few weeks you're kind of kind of back up to That's speed. That's a great idea, so to speak. Okay. Um, and it and it can work really well. So, um, yeah, don't don't sweat it if you're kind of on the fence thinking about joining us. Definitely do that. Um, plenty of time to to do that um, to kind of get back on track. And we'll have people joining us as late as like November and just joining for like the cycling portion. And you can even start the strength training. Because the way it's developed is it gradually builds on itself, the strength training over the first eight weeks, and then it's all this low heart rate aerobic training on the bike outside. And then the second eight weeks, which begins basically November, the beginning of November, we actually then take a big step back in the strength training and do kind of a, a, a lower, to, a low to high build again in the strength training. But now we have this strength base, but even if you didn't get that base, it still is progressive enough that you can skip that. In fact, that's how we use where we'll start in November is where we used to start in previous years the whole program. If that kind of makes sense. Yeah, that so, makes, makes sense to me. So it's very doable. But ask questions if it doesn't make sense yeah, to you. Yeah, and if yeah, if you're unsure, definitely email us. But we'd love to have as many people joining us as possible. So um, yeah, you can definitely still join. Uh, all right, I think that does it for questions this week. If you have questions as a listener please yeah email us jump on our forum um it's a little quiet in the forum right now we just got it going on our website just a couple questions on there at the moment but we'll um hopefully start seeing more and more activity there and then emails um it's cody with a c at um, session6.com or kathy with a k at session6.com you can send us emails it's a number six not the word number six sessions number six.com all right, well, let's jump into the meat of the um, discussion today. We want to review our season. Um, we, You may or may not have raced. I did not get to race. Uh, maybe you don't ever race. Maybe you just do events and rides with your friends, and that's a very valid thing to review as well. So we have some questions that we were asking each other, and we want to present to you and tell some stories and such. Yeah, so at the beginning of the show, um, we kind of mentioned that it's essentially fall, end of summer is approaching rapidly, um, and that's typically when the season winds down, the kind of the cycling season, so to speak. And it's the perfect time to think about how what what you did for training, um, you know how it went, and then how can you make it better for the next year? Because the the ultimate goal in any endeavor is to get better. Um, season to season or year to year, kind of improve what it, whatever that is. And in this case, you know, our aerobic fitness, our strength, and just kind of overall cycling performance. Um, and this is the time to do it. And in a future episode, um, in the not-so-distant future, we're going to talk about goal setting and how to, like, plan a season, whether it's for racing or events or just, you know, general fitness, riding. Um, but before you can really, like, set goals and plan the next season, you really got to take a moment to think about the past season that you just wrapped up or in the process of wrapping up. Um, does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Okay, so the ultimately, like, the three things you're kind of looking at here is when you think about your season is, one, what went well over the course of the whole year? And we're talking about your training, maybe in that base builder you know off-season time what went well and then also during the summer months or the event months you know what went well right so it's sort of a two-part question what went well not during the race season as your prep season and what 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 went well 
during the races, and they're kind of different, but they're also very similar. Yeah. And then the other side of the coin is what didn't go so well, <laughs> right? Um, right. Those can jump out at you. Yeah. Those those are usually easier to remember for sure. Um, and then the the last piece of it is, you know, how can with this information and thought, you know, how can we improve upon generally what didn't go well? How can we improve that and and become better at it um, for the the coming season? Um, so some things to almost like sub questions for like what went well or what didn't go well are really interesting. Yeah, um, I mean, a lot to, just to spur some ideas, it's like, um, did you? get sick or were you did you were you able to remain healthy throughout the whole year you know most people that's a no I mean most people catch some sort of cold or get run down in some fashion um, or maybe you didn't and then that went really well um, kind of along those lines you know did you find yourself getting enough sleep during during the week well those two are quite related oh absolutely yeah. um, we saw that with our youth team our we Devo team the kids that we knew were not going to bed very early they mm-hmm. would go to bed 11 or 12 they would get sick and not be able to come to a couple of weeks of training sessions and those kids that were going to bed earlier were staying healthy and attending more regularly oh yeah yeah i mean sleep is ultra critical i mean i feel like we could do a whole episode just on that alone i mean for performance and right for whatnot. sure um other things to think about a big one is diet um you know was your diet good you know the quality of your food the quantity of your food um, things like that. Yeah, body composition is on a lot of people's minds. Um, during during the winter months is is often a challenge because of the holidays. People can eat too much. But it's also the, the right time to periodize your nutrition and think about leaning your body mass. Um, so as you reflect upon this year, you can, you can ask yourself, you know, how did that go? Did I Did I feel well? Um, by what I was eating. Did that work for me? My, my sort of foods I was putting in my mouth. And did my body composition change the way I had hoped? I mean, maybe for some people it's to lose weight. That's probably the most common. Mm-hmm. But some people might have wanted to put on more muscle mass, um, especially like the, the younger group that we work with. You know, mm-hmm. They're trying to build that body, um, the, the, the lean muscle mass up. Mm-hmm. So it, it's... It is definitely something that can frustrate people. Like, did their body composition change in, in time for the races? And sometimes it doesn't work out the way they wanted. Yeah, and it's tricky. And, I mean, in fact, we have an episode coming up, either the next, maybe episode 9, definitely by episode 10. We'll do a whole show on um, that concept of diet periodization and also some strategies for now, this time of year, to mm-hmm. start changing, uh, making some changes there. But... Um, but yeah, I mean, there's so much around what we put in our mouths. You know, we are what we eat. Did it go well? Did it not go well? You know, and thinking about if it didn't go well, what was it for you specifically? You know, was it too many meals out at restaurants as opposed to meals at home? Was it um, that you ate, maybe you ate really good food on the whole, but ate too much of it? Or um, possibly you didn't eat enough food, right? I mean, right. we see that with athletes that are undernourished or underfueled, and they can't kind of find that peak performance because of that. So um, give that definitely some thought. Um, other things like how was your motivation level throughout the season? You know, training in the early season, but also like getting to race season or event season. You know, where did you maintain motivation mm-hmm. all year long? Likely not. I mean, that's pretty hard to do. It's normal to have some ebbs and flows in motivation um but were those like significant or were they just kind of sort of quote normal and and relatively minor um so those are that's another big big one um uh what else um oh the the give and take of time did you feel like you balanced your life well with all your training did you have to take away too much time from your your family and from what your partner or spouse might have been expecting from you? Or did you maybe give too much and not make it a priority, something that was important to you? Mm. I mean, that's a really tricky topic. Yeah. Sticky and tricky. We have a lot of parents. We have a lot of parents in our program. Yeah. We're parents. Um, and I think that males and females can also look at it differently, and we don't need to 
like maybe go down that rabbit hole too much, but you know, the stereotype is definitely that the women tend to think of their family first, and men maybe don't, and there can arise conflict um, inside of them and between partners. Mm-hmm. Um, so my perspective as a mom of three and an athlete is that it is really important for me to find time for training. And I have felt mom guilt over the years, you mm-hmm. know, when we'd go on a four-hour bike ride on the weekend. But I'd have to say, you know what, this is good for the kids to learn independence, and they love being with that babysitter. Um, I'm not doing a bad thing. I'm not harming them by taking care of myself. I'm setting a good example about Absolutely. following my dreams and my um, desires. I'm setting a good, a good example about being a healthy person, and I am exposing them to new people when we'd have fun babysitters come through the door. Right, and you have goals outside of normal motherhood, everyday yeah. motherhood, right? And Which is a beautiful thing, but I think that we're more than moms and dads, and we're more than employees, and you need to find what makes you happy. you got to find your passion. Right. And now I sound like Oprah, but I feel very strongly about this, that there is nothing wrong with choosing to spend time um, becoming a better athlete if that's important to you. Absolutely, yeah. And then on the flip side, it, it is possible that some athletes might take too much time. Right. And, you know, we certainly don't want people to neglect their families or neglect their job or whatever because those obviously have some serious consequences. But, yeah, I think I think the way you put it about it, like a give and take of time, you know, looking at your overall season, you know, did you did you – give enough attention and time to your family and your job and but flip it around and be sure that you make you know still get the time that you need and want to keep yourself happy and healthy and pursuing your goals as well on the on the athletic side so yeah um absolutely absolutely a balance and one that's tricky um but something you can look at you know and also kind of not to get too far off topic but you know, there's time. Look at if if this is sort of a tricky balance for somebody. You know, look at like your season as a whole and really identify times within that season of when you might need more time for training, and plan ahead for that. And then prior to that and after that, make sure you then flip it around and spend more time at work or more time with your family. You know, you can almost like bank the time. Maybe maybe you have a race in in April. And so you know March you need to really get a lot of training in. So then maybe it's like in January you're going to bank some extra time or something. Yeah, plan something fun with the family. Or maybe right after the race you're recovering so you... Have the vacation at the, if it's a destination. Or just some special family time at home where you're doing like movie nights and, um, you know, in in town activities with the kids. Right, so just keeping, making it balanced. And we'll touch a little bit more on that in that future episode about kind of season planning and whatnot kind of make it all work hopefully so well a somewhat related topic yeah um as you're reflecting on your year is you could ask yourself if you you personally kept all your interests in balance or if you were just a one-dimensional person that was just a triathlete or just a bike racer and maybe you neglected some other interests you have Mm -hmm. um yeah that was one of my lessons from not being able to race this year was being able to have time to do other things like play the piano again um and i also love to read which you know so i just think that we need to be interesting people that's what i always tell the girls yeah um be an interesting person so there's more to life than just racing your bike right right and you definitely put down the the books this year oh my gosh you're like a book a week or i know i should have made a list i made i read (laughs) so many books um yeah so you kind of used spun sort of a negative of being injured and not being able to do exactly what you wanted into a positive. Yeah, of I played the piano a lot. Really I read books a lot. I spent time with some friends who I haven't seen. Right. Um, and I played pickleball, which I can't stop talking about. <laughs> yeah, you're obsessed with pickleball. <laughs> I'm obsessed. <laughs> um, okay. Some other things to think about, um, maybe more like on the event or racing front, um, is things more technical, I guess, like how was your overall fueling strategy? And you can even kind of in your mind or even on paper go through like every event or every race you did and which one, if you can remember, um, which one, which ones went well, which ones didn't, and, you know, maybe think about what was your fueling strategy, mm-hmm. right, and figure out 
what did you eat the day before? What did you eat the morning of? What did you eat and consume calorie-wise during the event? You know, and thinking, maybe kind of sleuthing out what... Ooh, good word, sleuthing. Um, <laughs> right, because if, well, if you felt strong at the end of the race, you probably fueled well during the race, but if you petered out and, you know, quote, bonked, then then let's let's come up with a better strategy for next time. Yeah, and it's a ever-evolving practice. I mean, I've done hundreds and hundreds of races over my, you know, whatever it is, 20-plus year cycling career and triathlon career, and, you know, it's like, even still today, it's like, rarely do I get it exactly right every time um, or any given time, but it's like always a learning process, mm-hmm. you know, kind of figuring it out and, and doing that. So that's something definitely to think about and um, likely they'll fall in both categories. Some went well, some didn't go well, and the ones that didn't, how can you improve and make sure more of them next year go well? Um, and then uh, along similar lines, like... Oh, yeah, the race effort. Racing did effort, you, yeah. Did you finish races feeling like you gave it your all, or did you have regrets that, yeah, you held back, you, you didn't go for it when someone did a breakaway, you didn't believe in yourself? I mean, this, that's the... The hard part. Yeah, that's, that's the mental. That's the, the, yeah, the mental aspect of racing is so hard. Right. You know, for sure we've all had those races where you're kicking yourself afterwards because you knew you hadn't quite been brave enough and willing to suffer enough. So I think those are really, uh, really worth reflecting upon, like which races you you executed a race strategy or um, like a thought process, like a mantra really well and you want to replicate that because that felt really good when you were done yeah. versus the regrets that linger. Yeah, I mean, we've all been there, and myself included, like where a race maybe didn't go quite as well as planned and essentially you give up, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, you finish the race, but, you know, your effort level drops drastically, and we've all been there. We know what that kind of feels like, and afterwards it definitely doesn't feel good. So thinking about reflecting now about, like, why exactly did that happen what, again, could you have done better? And all these sorts of things will hopefully spur thoughts and progress towards next year of how to minimize those and improve. Um, any, what yeah, other the, little... the last one we were thinking about in relationship to racing, well, actually for training, too, is, yeah. is recovery. Recovery is such an important aspect to training. And um, as I was riding my bike with my girlfriend, Deb, yesterday, we were laughing about this, that most often people post on social media pictures of themselves training. Like, here I am on my bike by the mountain. Right. Or, you know, I'm lifting weights. Or, I'm lifting weights. Or, like, I'm at the peak of this mountain. I'm so cool. Yeah. Um, but or they our don't, favorite, the food pictures. Oh, the food pictures, right. <laughs> but you don't see that many pictures about recovery. And that's the secret sauce is did you recover well and often enough so that your body can adapt and absorb the training right um and if you think that those top athletes are not recovering then you're you're wrong that's what they do well and that's why they're getting stronger yeah so let's start posting our pictures of our recovery times (laughs) i I almost i took a nap today because i was so tired from our flight i almost took a picture of myself you know, right before I fell asleep. Take a picture of yourself sleeping? Yeah, it's like, well, not while I was sleeping, but right, right before, like, my crazy long monkey arms taking a selfie. Because that was really important. I knew I had to take a nap or I was going to get sick. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that just about everyone, I could guess, could improve recovery on, on some, if not many, levels um, for coming seasons. Myself oh, well, included. you and I have to have these conversations often where I'll be tired and you'll say, well, maybe you should take the day off or just go ride an hour easy instead of the three-hour ride that's on your schedule and maybe I'll have a little freak out and you have to say calm down you need to recover but we all need permission to recover so we're giving you permission you need to rest to recover and if you don't think you did it well this year then add that to your goal list for next year yeah absolutely and it's a skill and there's like tools to acquire and things like that and um, you know if if your recovery game wasn't strong in 2019 try to make it that much stronger in 2020 and likely your performance will improve as well so good i think these were some really good um hopefully like catalysts of thought to, that you can think about right um, well i thought we could share like how we feel like our seasons went i mean i 
I know, like, I feel very, very proud of you for what you accomplished this year. Oh, well, thank you. Um, well, and I was in an interesting position that because I wasn't racing, I got to watch you race again. Yeah, well, let's and, talk about that first. Oh, okay. Because I think there's a lot of people out there that, whether it be a fairly minor or a major injury or something that's keeping them from training as much as they would like, I mean, that's never easy. No, it's been it's been a very difficult year. So let's that's a great idea. Let's just go through that here. We'll spend a couple minutes, maybe each of us, and give sort of examples of how to kind of do this season review thing. So, Kathy, yes, Cody. Um, thinking back on this season, two thousand nineteen, mm-hmm. um, and let's go all the way back to like late fallish, you know, starting. Okay. You know what? All the way up to present. You know what? Um, what went well? What went well? Yeah, okay. I mean, this is a broad question. Well, no, I, I, but I have answers to that because I, I had this amazing training season all winter. Like I was excited to train. Um, you speak about motivation, and that this last winter over the 2018 2019 winter was the first time I felt as motivated as I did. Like I wasn't dreading our our three sessions on the trainer each week. I was actually really excited about it and okay. um, jumping on on time usually <laughs> instead of wandering around being the last person to get going. In class, yeah. <laughs> um, and I was enjoying the, the strength training. Like Everything was going so well. I was feeling strong and um, I was probably having so much fun too with our our we Evo kids, our team, like in class with us, and because they bring like this, like fun competition. So we'd have fun, like looking at the stats up the on cadence the, drills. Yeah, the cadence drills with Nate right. and Sophia, and like looking up at the the television screens that was projecting the data. Heart from, rate and power. Right. And so it was so yeah. much fun. I had a blast, and I was feeling strong and excited about our race season. Okay. Um, but what didn't go well was that. I forgot I was in my 40s. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're hanging out with teenagers? Yeah, I was hanging yeah. out with teenagers and feeling cool. Um, and I jumped into long rides too quickly. I, I thought I was fine, mm-hmm. but I wasn't. So we have the fun, lucky situation that we get to go down to Arizona over the winter and, and camp or stay with your dad and, and ride our bikes for up to a week. And last really. year, last fall winter we went quite a few times yeah yeah, yeah. our i think it was our third trip it was at the end of february and the first big ride we did was five hours and 42 minutes well you had just gotten your new bike scott oh, spark right, so right, we right. i think we all why well, didn't but you and sophia did so we were excited we were so excited to ride the new bikes yeah yep, and you took us on this epic ride that went out to some reservoir lake bartlett lake reservoir bartlett yeah. lake yep and we got about 45 minutes away from the campground on our return and I felt this weird tightness on the left side of my knee and I had no idea what was going on but I still had to get back to the camper well it turned out my IT band was flared up and I was furious that my body had betrayed me and I kept riding that whole week I was just like downing the ibuprofen so I made it really bad by the time the week was over right (laughs) that was so smart (laughs) So um, I've never had any sort of IT band issues before, and I didn't know how difficult it would be for that to heal. So I d- didn't get to race. I d- didn't get to train. That was right, the real yeah, problem, actually. Yeah, that was disappointing so, for you and everybody else. Um, yeah, I actually um, had – I really sunk down into some pits of despair at times, and I know it was hard for you all to be around me, but – I was really struggling. Yeah, when you have an injury like that and you can't do what you love to do and what you're, like, used to doing, you know, you're out of your, like, normal routine. Yeah. And then at the same time, you're seeing all of us yeah. thriving. I and felt left out. Building fitness and getting ready for the season. Yeah, you like, were. I, I, I felt left natural. out yeah. of all the fun, and I, f- I was jealous that you guys were getting in shape. Right. And, I mean, I have used exercise as a, a way to release some of my – own mental health issues with anxiety and depression and I didn't have that outlet and it was really hard yeah definitely yeah it makes me feel emotional we got some tears here (laughs) this is real people this is raw and real (laughs) okay I'm a feeler um it was just really hard so but the good parts about being injured um which I can see now is that um I got to watch 
you race and I got to watch Sophia, our daughter, race and the kids on the We Devo team. I got to be support. Yes, and I'll, I'll interject not to throw you off track, but yeah, let me just say a big thank you for that because I think that was huge because had you not been injured, you would have been racing right along with us, which would have been massively positive as well. But the fact that you couldn't race allowed you to be like the, the super swanee and the bottle mm-hmm. feeder and making meals at training camps for us and all these sorts of things, cleaning up the dishes. So the fact that we were like getting our you know, we development program off the ground last year. It was, it was almost like the perfect timing for right, that to happen right. to you because... Did you stick a pin in right. like a voodoo doll? No, me? I did not, but <laughs> it was it was great. So thank you for that, yeah. all of that. No, and that was less stressful for everybody that there was somebody there. Yeah, to hand up water bottles because yeah. that was our first year, you know, running the team and, you know, it was definitely a lot, but I think, you know, we handled it pretty well and having you there not racing was great but I, I'm more excited for this coming year when you get to train and race with us full time again so yeah I'm hoping I'll stay healthy because I'm on the right path now I've I've spent a lot of time at the physical therapy clinic next door to our gym it's called Cascade Sports and, and Physical Therapy if anybody's looking for someone great they're they're so amazing there um, they, they, they listen to me cry a lot <laughs> so they're like my, Your therapy my session. therapist physical therapy and, yeah, exactly. and emotional therapy but they're so awesome so um, I'm getting much better and I, as you guys know I've been racing a little cyclocross so I'm very happy again um, but reflecting on why I got injured is hopefully going to teach me how to stay healthy as I go on I'm only going to get older so I have to respect the fact that I'm in my mid-40s and my soft tissues do not recover as quickly as right. they did when I was even in my 30s. And so I need more rest time, more recovery time, like more cross-training put in there is very helpful for me too mm-hmm. so that I don't have all the same repetitive movements. Good. Yeah, yeah that's so a I've, good I've learned a lot point. about my body from this injury. Okay. Um, and the cross-training is like a blessing. And that's I, how you justify pickleball. That's how I justify pickleball. It's the lateral cutting. Yes. Motions back. And forth. Although I did, <laughs> I did learn the lesson this week that I can't play four hours of pickleball <laughs> leading up to a cyclocross race because my legs had no energy for. Yeah, because you did two yeah, hours, two days so in dumb. a row. But I don't regret it because I love pickleball. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've gotten off track. What else was I thinking? How can I improve? Well, that, that's what I'm. That's the the key takeaway is like respecting my body's limitations, which I do have, not only because of my age, but also because of my spinal fusion. I have the L4 to S1 fusion, and it causes weird things with the nerves in my left leg, and I yeah. have to respect that. And it makes me angry sometimes, but that's just how it is. Yeah, it's like who you are, and that's who I am. You got to work with. Um, yeah, that's that's it for me, really. Okay, yeah. And I'm just excited to be back on my bike and riding with my friends and my favorite partner, Sophia. Yeah, so there you go. That is a good example of season review. Even though you maybe didn't accomplish a lot from, like, a training standpoint, Like, so I didn't to get to race national championships yeah. and, you know, win a title. In your mind, yeah, you missed a lot. You missed out on a lot. But at the same time, you learned a lot. I learned a lot. And hopefully, for the years to come, you'll keep what you those lessons learned and become a better athlete right. because of it. And, you know, and I had a recent conversation with another athlete we're coaching that's come has a more of an acute injury at the moment. And it's easy to get down on yourself with injuries. And um, but you have to understand that historically, almost every athlete comes out of an injury where they're forced to take time off Mm -hmm. or drastically reduce their training load comes out the other end, a better athlete because they're sort of refreshed and they've hit like this reset button because they had to take time off to heal mm-hmm. and now their motivation goes through the roof their kind of energy level because now they've taken like way more time than they otherwise would have allowed themselves for recovery like mentally and physically and they come out the other end better oh agreed 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 and yeah. also like you will learn more about your body recovering from an injury mm-hmm. which i think makes you a better athlete in the big picture and then specifically, this is the first time I've ever committed to low heart rate training for as long as I have. Right, because you kind of had to go easy. I had to go easy yeah. for, to let the IT band adapt to the longer bike rides. 
Right. And, yeah, I'm so excited about that part of it. Yeah, so I think you're going to see big gains just from that alone. And then Watch out, world. Watch out. Kathy's going to be back <laughs> multiple yeah. national champion next year. <laughs> we'll see <about> that. <laughs> I just want to try to stay up with Sophia. Keep up with Sophia. Okay. Uh, okay, what about you? Because I, I know that I was very proud of some things you accomplished this year. So what do you think went well with your training leading up to race season and in your race season? Um, yeah, so for me, my goals um, were around two national championships, the Marathon Mountain Bike National Championship, which is in, sp- in the spring, May, basically, um, and then again, the Cross Country National Championship, um, which was in the end of July. So it was kind of a, a two-peak season um, that I wanted to do, and then also having started the um, WE development team, you know, I guess my racing focus shifted a little bit more to align more with what they were doing mm-hmm. because it's like if we're all, you know, training these guys and girls to race these races, we're going to go to these races, you know, why it makes perfect sense to arrange my training to But it was a shift for that. sure because yeah. you'd had Leadville as a goal race. Yeah, I've always was more, after finishing triathlon, I was more like long distance oriented yeah grinders yeah Leadville you know more like marathon distance um, endurance races and yeah so shifting more to like a 90 minute cross country race or um, well the marathon's longer but yeah, yeah. the 90 minute cross country yeah, style the mingles, was going to be mar- or, sorry cross country was going to be the bulk of your races right um, so changed up training a little bit you know put a little more emphasis on the strength training because thinking I wanted more of that like speed and power that would come along with that um, and did some early season races a little earlier than sort of our normal Colorado season for mountain biking going to California to do like Sea Otter um, was really fun because I had done that race a couple of times 20 years prior when I was a you know 18 19 year old and um, not a whole lot had actually changed and it was really cool like flashback mm, to be mm-hmm. back there and on more or less the same course and um it, w- it was really fun um but uh yeah i mean my se- i honestly my season couldn't have really gone much better other than in within the races themselves i had actually quite a bit of bad luck it seemed like but you um, feel like you're training over the course of the winter went really well yeah. You stayed healthy. In fact, I meant, forgot to mention that myself. We both stayed healthy. Yeah. I, I don't think we either one of us got colds. Yeah. I mean, knock on. Yeah, knock on this glass table right glass here. Table. <laughs> I, that was the first time I hadn't gotten a cold in, over the winter. Yeah, and it's been a few years for me to have yeah, a cold. Yeah, you're Superman. Um, but, you know, I've been trying to reduce extra stress in my life, and that was one of the huge things. And yeah. then I was sleeping more. And, yeah, so we both stayed healthy, which was huge thumbs up. Yeah. And so if you stay healthy, then your training can be more consistent. You don't have to take any sort of extended time off, and then you also don't, when you come back to it, you don't have to, like, do this more aggressive ramp to get feel like you get back where, where you should have been kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it was all great. Um, I'm trying to even think of, like, what didn't go well outside of some races. Um, but training-wise, I think it all went more or less according to plan. Yeah, I can't think of anything. Um yeah, so what didn't go well was half maybe bad luck, but then also maybe just <laughs> equipment choices perhaps or, um, I mean, just things that weren't directly related to... Are you thinking of Marathon Nationals? Well, yeah, Marathon. so Marathon Nationals was in Texas. Um, it was beautiful, beautiful part of Texas we had never been to. Yeah, and for those unfamiliar with Marathon Nationals, so we're talking about, um, it's like usually around 50-ish mile mountain bike race, more cross-country but longer. Um, And this one was like in a kind of a deserty canyon Canyon. in Texas. Palo Duro Canyon. And um, it was unusually rainy for Mm -hmm. like a couple of weeks and even a, a couple of days going into the race. And so it was unusually muddy in this canyon yeah um and so it just made it difficult for everyone i mean everyone had to face the same terrain and and conditions uh, but i ended up falling twice and the second time pretty heavily on my i forget now i think on my right side on my right leg and it contused pretty well and like within 45 minutes um after that it was like 
not even halfway through the race. Uh, it just got to the point where it was like I felt like I was doing more harm than good to right, keep going. Right. So ultimately, I had to pull out of the race and DNF, which was disappointing because um, I was up until well, even after the first fall, I was still right up in the mix with the the leaders in the forty plus masters mm-hmm. race, and then after that second fall, because it took me longer to kind of get up and organized again to get going. Uh, I was basically out of the race for the win anyway, but, um, and covered in red mud. Yeah. And covered in red mud and, um, (laughs) it was filthy. The course was great, but, um, so that was whatever you want to call it, bad luck, bad equipment choice, going too fast through like this weird mud bog thing. I don't know. But, um, so that just didn't go as well as I wanted. Um, then we came home, rested up Mm -hmm. and then geared up. Um, I think one of the one of the highlight races I think for me aside from nationals um, was the weekend I guess prior to marathon nationals uh, was the Soldier Hollow oh, yes. I to talk XCT, about this one. which is a cross country race and it um, has the professional race um, for the elites and the junior elites um, and then they have a decently competitive. Um, kind of amateur open masters race there as well. And this was a relatively short race, mm-hmm. like 75 minutes. But what was cool is it's on more of a World Cup style course of about, I think if I remember right, the laps were like 18, 19 minutes, give or take. Um, so quick laps. And I think I did five of them, if I remember right. And so it's a format that's mostly unusual for, definitely for amateur racing in mm-hmm. the United States. Um it's so fun to watch. But fun, yeah. Because I got to see you so many times. Yeah, so, it, you know, I wouldn't say it was overly technical. It had some technical bits, but um, and it had some climbing bits, but it was, like, short, repeated laps. And it was mm-hmm. fun and new and fresh for me to be on, like, a shorter race, shorter race track, going really hard mm-hmm. and being really more aggressive because it's a shorter race and um, ending up doing I, – I raced well. I won the – 40-plus masters group. I think it was second amateur, because they raced all the amateurs at the same time. Um, it got a little confusing where you were second, in there. Second, I think, yeah. yeah. Among all of, like, the, from 19 to 50, I suppose. Um, well, I'll tell you what, I had a blast watching your race. Because it was the first time in years, I think, I had seen that, like, fierce look on your face. Yeah. And it was just so fun. It was, it was fun. To find your, yeah, your inner beast while you were racing yeah and i wasn't sure what i was going to think of that going into it it's like oh it's just a 75 minute plus or minus race and you know i'm used to like i want more like a two hour race at least or more and but it was fun it was different so it was fun yeah. um, and i think that kind of spurred interest into considering cyclocross at that point you know for well, later you realized you were good at it yeah i don't think you knew i don't think i knew yeah you were yeah so, was so that awesome. was great um so that went well um Figuring out kind of like the nutrition details, the race day nutrition details of these shorter races. Um, you know, you don't need as much fuel, but you still need to fuel kind of proportionately, I mm-hmm. suppose. But figuring that out and kind of, you know, that um, I think ended, ultimately ended up well. And then for the kind of the, the big peak of the season was cross-country nationals, which is in Winter Park. Mm-hmm. Um, it was here, a great week. Yeah, in Colorado. And the whole team was building up you know our whole we devo team was building up to it um and i was peaking you know training went great but then again i had some i guess you'll say bad i'll say bad luck in the race with um a uh, kind of like a i guess it's like a snake bite puncture is what ultimately what happened that's what it's called well yeah pinch flat okay with a tubular tire um i didn't know at the time but what happened is the the, the bead of the tire got pinched on the rim and created a little puncture there that wasn't sealing right away. Eventually it did, so I could finish without um, having to, like, change a tire or wheel. But you had to stop. But like I stopped three, three times, times, yeah. to put air in it. And the third time it finally held well enough to get me to the end of the race. But, but yeah, I mean, it was majorly disappointing because that was kind of the, the big A race right, of the right. season. I was putting all mostly all my eggs in that one basket and um, – and I was on track to to win, yeah. essentially. I mean, had that not happened. So disappointing. However, the takeaway is I didn't give up. Um, so that went well. Um, I had the a large CO2 canister on my bike. Um, 
being where the puncture was, it wasn't something that was necessarily repairable because it was like right on the bead uh, rim joint. And um, I couldn't even really identify it in the race because it wasn't like sealant was leaking out or anything. But um, stopped a couple times, aired it up, would lose the lead position, but then would regain it. And then the last one, um, yeah, the third one. Third time you stopped. Third time I stopped, yeah. Used up my last bit of air. And then I I think I was third or fourth still with like a lap and a half or something to go. And just basically went for it. Dropped the hammer and went for it. Yeah, I'll have to (laughs) jump in here. I'm in the feed zone waiting for you. And I saw you... Go kind of like fighting in that top three position, and I I knew you'd had a problem with your yeah. tire. I was so frustrated for you. And when you came through on your to start your third and final lap, you had this cr- like crazy eyes. I've, ne- <laughs> I've never or seen four, you. Did like, we do four lap? I think. Oh, was it four? I think it was four. Okay, whatever the I final lap was. So you're starting your final lap, yeah. And you were you were I was like a minute. You were exactly one minute. What, exactly behind minute? this guy. Okay, the leader. So I was. Second. Well, actually, you were in third, but you. Oh yeah. There was first and second, one minute up. Yeah. And you had this crazy look in your eyes, and you stood to, to like climb really hard, and you yelled, "I'm gonna effing get him!" <laughs> and if you, guys, if you know Cody, he doesn't swear that often. No, I have the potty mouth in the family. I have the but I was in mouth. the zone, like I. Oh my god, it was so. I was funny. like, it was a mixture of anger for like there goes I, like this perfect race and prep and everything, to like I just want to redeem myself. Yeah. I thought my head was like if I am able to still win this like that'll be um you know amazing and you almost did you almost came did. down to like what was it six seconds yeah on the he just ran line. out of space yeah before. had the finish line been like a couple hundred yards further down I so you caught you know, like, the second place guy and you moved into into second but he just ran out of time yeah so. and i was breathing down his neck oh, and he was looking back and he it was, was so excited i could tell he was like panicking and yeah anyway so hats off to you um, for your effort well and thank you my my compliment to you for your season was that I saw you grow as an athlete with your mental game. Yeah, so, I think that's yay, a good, good, job. good way to go. I mean, o- over the years in triathlon, I never felt like I was quite good enough of a runner to be able to, like, run aggressively in in the triathlon in Xterros. Be- and being the, the third event of the race, it's like that's where it's the end of the race. And then, you have to fight hard. Yeah, and I, I never felt like I was, like, had the ability to run well enough to fight hard, but mm-hmm. in cycling, I have the ability to push really hard and, and and compete all the way to the end, so to speak. Um, so yeah, that was great. And then, as a side note, I did get redemption the next day, um, two, days later. two days later, in the short track, which was not an event I was training for. Kind of like signed up spur, you know, spur of the moment, like oh, we're going to be there anyway. Uh, which is just a twenty-minute race, very short loops. Um, had never done one since being a kid and ended up winning that. Yeah, that was so fun too. It was like this like redemption of being a national champion at least in that. Well, it was fun to watch <laughs> because you get to see the the racers like the whole time basically and also the announcer was just talking about the other guys and on and on and on and then all of a sudden because there was some well known yeah there were some well known yeah. <laughs> masters you know former pro pro national champion blah blah blah. It in, was in fun. The race and, yeah, it was yeah, fun. So good so job, it was a fun little redemption. So Anyway. Yeah, not to take up too much more time here. It's, you know, I guess the takeaway here for me season review-wise was, you know, training went well. So looking at that, I'm going to, assuming a similar race schedule next year, do a lot of the very similar things I did last year and try to replicate that. Because um, if at this age, at turning 40, how old am I turning in a few days? I track. 41? Uh, 41. Yeah, 41, because my race age is 41. So... Really, went now at this point in my life, it's like I want to keep training hard to not slow down any more than I have to. So it's like maintaining. I'm not going to get a whole lot faster um, moving forward, but if I can just maintain or close to maintain. So I think replicating a similar training program plan um, will be the one of the main goals. And then organizing, I'll take a look at the racing schedule. I don't think I raced too much, probably a good amount, and so I think I'll do something similar. So, um, you know, some of the things that didn't go well that I'll hopefully improve might be some equipment selection, um, things yeah. of that nature, making sure we, we've got the best stuff, I guess, and test things out 
maybe a little bit more and um i feel like a lot of it came down to just kind of bad luck yeah but, well you hadn't um, had any in a long time yeah over the friend. years i <laughs> i haven't had that many punctures or mechanical issues so it was kind of my year but um anyway yeah, so I think so, we'll... As you can see, it's fun to sit around and talk about your races, so maybe do that. Maybe go have a beer with... A teammate a, or a teammate training or a partner, and, yeah. And have a beer and talk about it. Yeah, I feel like we're fortunate that as spouse, husband and wife, we can talk about it together. Some So hopefully we didn't bore Some you wives we might not have having, husbands that give a shit and... We were oh, sorry, fun um, talking about it. And vice versa, but um, we're, we're kind of lucky, I guess, in that way, so... Um, so yeah, t- take some time and think about it, you know, and, and it'll help you later on when we go to the goal setting phase coming up here, you know, help kind of align with that and, uh, make that more sort of beneficial and helpful. So, all right, we're running a little long here. Um, I want to wrap things up real quickly. Got my little notes here on week four of our base builder program. So, this is the part of the show where we get in real specific to the training program. So if you're following along in our base builder program, or even if you're following one of our stock plans, some of this stuff carries over. Not exactly, because um, we tweak things a little bit each year with the remote base builder program and our in-house base builder program. Um, but it would still be pretty close to applicable. And um, so I want to run through that. So we're into week four. This is sort of the, the, the last week of like our adaptation phase in the gym, meaning we'll have gone through all of the exercise movements, including all eight of the core sets. In fact, you'll have core set seven on session A and core set eight on session B. Um, So it'll be um, some newer movements there that you'll want to take the time to learn. It's all on our YouTube channel if you're doing this remotely. And of course, if you come to the gym in person, Kathy will uh, be demonstrating. Um, So we have our core sets there, push and pull, Sets will um, increase rep counts. So in general, for this first block on pushing and pulling sets, um, the goal is to keep the weight, if there is weight involved, close to the same, if not exactly the same, and gradually as we progress through increasing rep counts. And that's in the spreadsheet, you know, the exact scheme that you follow. Um, But that's where we're at there is increasing those rep counts. Um, In the strength portion of the back squat and deadlift. Um, It's very similar actually to last week, week three, uh, particularly the first session. It's four sets of eight, um, just building from 30% as a warm-up, a very light warm-up, all the way up to 60% in that fourth set of eight um, of each of those movements. Um, So getting to 60% is kind of a moderate weight load yeah. I would say yeah I mean it's we're, we're not heavy feel, yet but you're feel feeling a little it. bit yeah you, you definitely starting to notice you're doing some strength training um, and then in session B increases slightly you're gonna do four sets of eight at 50% we're in week three last week um, we did I think 40 two sets of eight at 40% two sets of eight at 45 at 45 yeah so we're just kind of increasing the volume of reps at a little bit higher percentage 50% versus four in the 40s um, so again, just adapting to the movements, adapting to the loads, and building kind of like a a volume base of, of repetitions. What I told the in-house people this week was, if, bef- if the first two weeks felt ridiculously light to you, this should only feel light. <laughs> okay. So it should still feel light, but probably not ridiculously light right. anymore. Right, because the first couple weeks were ridiculously light. Especially yeah, with when you're learning. the push-pull doing like three sets of five. Right. But now we're at three sets of, I think, maybe 12 or 15 for next week. So yeah. we're progressing. Progressing, exactly. And that's the whole concept of this first bit here. Um, and then the same idea with the power sets, a few more, an extra set of squat jumps on the first session of the week, and then the box jumps in the second session of the week, the height gets increased. So that will mean different things to different people, but basically you're trying to increase the height of the box jump. Um, one little side note on how to do that, if you're doing this at home and you have like a single box, um, or even at the gym really and you want small increments, is you can take a uh, 25 or 45 pound weight plate and put it on your, say, 20 inch box to make it um, usually either about, well the 25s are often about 2 inches, right, right. 
the 45s often are a little thicker, like maybe three inches. So it's like you can add really minute. Just be careful they um, don't slip. Oh, good point. Yeah. So for example, at, at our facility, we have different brands of weights. So my favorite is actually stack the 10 pound high temp plates yes. because they have sort of like a sticky texture. They're like to them. recycled rubber. So yeah, yeah something like, like that. So they like grip and each of those are one inch. So it's very easy just to go up progressively Perfect, and they yeah. stick really well. So be careful if you're doing this at home or at like the rec center. Yeah. Don't like jump on something and slip off and break your back. Yeah, absolutely. Don't do that. Um, but the idea is just gradually increasing that height for the box jumps. Um, Great. And then on the cycling side, there's really nothing new or exciting there. It's more low heart rate aerobic training, uh, maybe a cross race if that interests you. Or, you know, one one of the days in the week, um, you know, feel free to open it up and go hard, whether it's a cross race or whatever. Um, or if you're really focused on this low heart rate concept and really want to maximize it, you can keep all the riding in that low heart rate aerobic base training mode. Um, and the goal, as it was last week, is just maybe try to add a few more minutes to the weekly volume um, as you go. So maybe increase, if you're kind of maxed out at an hour or 90 minutes during the week rides, you know, use those weekends maybe a little more effectively. Get up a half an hour earlier, make that Saturday ride a half an hour longer or something um, along those ways, <clears throat> along that path. So just... Um, yeah, have fun. The weather was gorgeous, probably where yeah. you are. It's gorgeous in Denver. Yeah, I know in Denver, it, like finally cracked. It, like it's so when beautiful. I rode yesterday morning, it was like I grabbed some arm warmers and it was like ah, oh, this is like cool. You could feel a little cool. Yeah, but I took my arm warmers off a half an hour later. True. So it was just perfect. Yeah. So yeah. enjoy your rides. Yeah, enjoy that outdoor riding. If you're in a temperate climate like uh, like we are in Denver, you know we've got another couple months. But before you know it, we'll be on the trainer. Uh, most of us, and if you're really hardcore, you're outside, but maybe you're really cold, um, so enjoy. <laughs> I'm not hardcore. Yeah, neither am I, um, mostly. All right, so remember, if you have questions, put them on our forum or email us. We'd love to hear from you. That's been really fun to answer questions on these podcasts as we've gone forward. Absolutely. Um, and then lastly, if you're liking what you're listening to here, you know, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We actually are now available on Google Podcasts as well as iTunes. Um, and we'll be submitting to um, iHeartRadio very soon and I think like Spotify and maybe SoundCloud or something, some additional ones as well. So hopefully we'll get on one of your favorite podcast hosting services. Um, but uh, subscribe and then also leaving reviews, um, five-star reviews and even better like um, – a few words. Five-star ratings, yeah, and then the reviews, a few words of, like, how great we are um, <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. It uh, helps our ranking so people can find us more easily and we move up the hierarchy, I guess, of in the podcast world. So, um, yeah, and then if you're on the fence of joining us for our Remote Base Builder program, don't, don't delay. Join us. We'd love to have you. You can do that on our website, um, endurance.session6.com, under the group training drop-down menu, it says Remote Base Builder Program, some info and a PayPal link to get signed up, and we can get you going right away, and I can give you some tips on how to sort of get caught up so you won't be really missing anything. For the next several weeks, you can get caught, caught up pretty easily. So, um, good. We'll leave it at that. Anything else? No, it just this was fun to talk about our race, race season and our training season, so thanks for listening. Yeah, we're hungry. We'll get some food. Yeah. We'll be in bed here in Las Vegas at like 8.30. <laughs> Maybe 9 o'clock. 8.30 in Vegas. Maybe 9 o'clock. That's wild. That's a party. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. We'll leave it at that. All right. You all have fun. All right. Thanks for listening.